Welcome to the UK Fantasy NFL Show. I'm your host, Adam Best, here with Sam Best, Alex Deacon and Dave Myers joins us again, live from the house of Best. How are we going, boys? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. It's, it's weird to be doing the podcast with with you. Genuinely in person. Yeah, I'm not sure I like it. You stink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't, thankful I'm, I'm not there, to be honest. Put me off a bit, but, you know, <laughs> should be should be good. Yeah, should be a good one. I've made the trip up north. I'm very cold up here. Good stuff. As we do every week, um, we're going to review the the previous Sunday, recording this on a Monday, obviously one game to go. Um, but you can't be too happy this morning. Oh, no, you must be happy this morning, Alex, with the, with the let-off that the Cardinals had like, yesterday. Yeah, I'd come to accept that we'd, we'd lost. Um went for the field goal, I thought, right, that's that done. And I still thought it had gone in, as it was sort of, it, it hadn't. And I was like, oh, well, it hasn't. But yeah, we were, Kyler was pretty poor in that second half. Bit of a disaster class from him. But it was a good game, and I thought Cardinals played well. Um, especially Rondell Moore, who we'll obviously go into later. So yeah, it was a good game, but um, shouldn't have been that close against a team like the Vikings, especially the state they're in. Yeah, it was, the Vikings are... Uh, one of those sides that you really should be beating if you're going to be up there in the playoffs, I think. They're one of those sides, a nice medium ground. The, the the teams that are looking to rebuild will look to beat a side like that to show that they're on, on the right on the right course. And the teams that are looking for a playoff position should really just be putting them to bed. But, you know, I would say the Titans are a similar side, maybe a bit better than the Vikings. But um, Seahawks got... Well, just chucked that in the bin, didn't they? Just thought, no, we had the win, and then we just thought, no, never mind, they they deserve a win. We'll give it to them. Or slash Derek Henry thought, I'm going to score five touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, like in the third quarter, he started pretty slowly, and then was like, ah, uh, know what these defenders are like. I'll just just run, run through them. them. Yeah, yeah. It was nice I'd, to see I'd, Henry back. I'd start to put out missing posters for DK Metcalf if I was you because <laughs> that guy, man, he is nowhere to be seen uh, at the minute. It's just well, actually, it's kind of funny how him and him and Justin Jefferson, the two people we were hyping up massively, and neither of them seem to have turned up properly yet. Um, and being outdone by the more experienced person who's meant to be their wide receiver too. So, um, you know, might be a bit of a worry if you own someone like DK and you draft, especially if you drafted him somewhere like the second or third round. I I would say yeah, hold I, on I, for now, um, but yeah, it's not looking good. As a Justin Jefferson owner, I've been disappointed. Time looks, it just looks quality. Like every yeah. time Wilson looks up, it's just open. Yeah, it's just the number of times he's thrown a moon ball and Tyler Lockett's caught it with like ten meters around him. No one is with no one to see like it's just mad and we were looking in the off season saying that Lockett was going to be the short to intermediate round guy and DK was going deep and it doesn't look like I mean whether I haven't been watching many of the games I don't know whether DK's going deep and just not getting the ball he's just flapping at the ball right excellent <laughs> he's going medium routes and flapping at the ball 
I also don't think Russ is really giving him much of a chance either. I, obviously, I own Lockett, and he's been like the best player I've owned so far. He looks amazing. Couldn't win me the game this week, but hey-ho. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like Russ is really looking up to him. And Russ has played well, I think, so far. Um, I watched both games because of having Lockett, and I don't think there's actually been any problem with not going for DK, other than the bottle job. I think that was more the defence's fault than it was Russ's fault. Yeah. 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 It was it was one of a few close games this week. I mean, we had Seahawks, Titans, Cards, Vikings, Ravens, Chiefs, and Cowboys, Chargers, all within three point games. Um, Chiefs, Ravens is still hurts. First ever loss for Mahomes in September. Had to end eventually. Yeah, they they didn't look um, as convincing against the Browns as you would have liked. Yeah. And I didn't watch the game live. I've just seen the highlights. So it's hard to get a real feel of the game. But um, it looked like you seemed very similar to the Seahawks. Just had it under control. Weren't playing your best football, but had it under control. And then just capitulated in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, the the defence didn't look strong against the Browns and didn't look strong against the Ravens. Obviously, two very run-heavy teams, whether that's something to look forward to as the season goes on, whether we're going to improve in that. Um, but, you know, our offense is going to do what our offense is going to do. And, you know, we're over 30 points easily again this week. And that's going to happen basically every week. But our defense looks leaky at the moment. And to be fair, aside from a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fumble in the last quarter, we probably would have gone down and got at least a field goal in the last two minutes and won the game. But that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, you just can't lean on that, can you? Yeah, it's that, it's that run defense. No, you know, so I know it's only two games in, but no team's conceded more yards to the run or yards per carry. I know they played two run heavy offenses, which you can kind of understand it, but it's been a bit of a, a bit of a mess, really. Um, but their run defense hasn't, I think, has been held on by a bit of a threat at times last season. Was kind of bailed out by the quality in offense, and I think if you start to come against teams that are gonna shut down your offense, as Baltimore did at times, then you're gonna. I can't. I mean, Patrick Mahomes' predictions over. Um, quite a lot of undefeated streaks over so far. Um, isn't that right, Sam? Uh, yeah, predictions right. don't always come true, but yeah, he's. Yeah, I, I think that Chiefs. I don't think Chiefs are going to have the year that that possibly we we would expect them to have, in my opinion. Um, I mean, what what did he say? I'm going to go twenty. I, the only the only thing I'm looking at this season is going twenty and zero. And he said he said he was he was looking for twenty and zero, which to be fair, I mean, isn't every team looking for twenty and zero? Like, what team goes into a season and says I'd quite like to you know lose two games this year? I mean, no, it's not. The, it, it's the audacity to say it though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, so he, he got what was he could it. back it up. Like, no, no one was. He can't. Well, he, <laughs> might, he, he <laughs> didn't in this game. But I, that, I mean, that's no fault of Mahomes, and I think. On paper, we looked like a strong defence. It looked like we improved on last year, um, but we just don't seem to be getting any pressure on yeah, the no. inside from our D-line. It's just mm. nothing from the D-line. Mm. I mean, move, the, move the Chris Jones out. Very strong. Sorry, Dave? The secondary is very strong. With Yeah. Uh, I mean, Lamar just, he couldn't throw the ball just straight to Matthew. Um, Twice, Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Interesting start by Lamar. Yeah, I think that, that good, running back room's looking good though for Baltimore. I thought they, I watched only watched the first half, but all of them impressed me. Uh, Devonta Freeman was, they were all seemed to be doing different things. He was going for the the sort of you know the real burst like the Nick Chubb style runs, and then you got yeah. 
Murray, you know, picking up the first and second downs to just, you know, try and get try and get those yards on the board. And I think they're actually could be quite maybe it's a blessing in disguise in a way that they've actually now got to use everybody rather than having to choose someone that they prefer. Yeah, they do look good. They do look good. And we'll come on to them a little bit later on. But first up, the first segment of the week. Sam, it's your job this week to choose our letdown of the week. I assume you had plenty in your roster. Who have you gone for? Yeah, it, it's been a disappointing start to the season for me. I was projected from the app 15-0, and 0, and I'm currently 0-2. Um, so it's not been fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I do back my team. I think I will come out to playoff position. But I have had lots of letdowns. Upsettingly, my letdown this week is from the p- team I was playing. My letdown this week is Alvin Kamara. So it was the Saints versus uh, the Panthers. Basically, two office- offences which revolve around their running back a lot of the time when they can. I mean, CMC is basically the Panthers on offense. And now Donald is sort of getting more in a bit more, but CMC is just heavily the most targeted player and will be all season. Alvin Kamara was last year and isn't seeing as much of the ball from what I've seen, um, but it's still, you know, a workhorse that, is is projected to get lots of carries and lots of um, targets. And that should produce a lot of touchdowns for the caliber of running back. But he's finished with um, seven points. Last week, he got 18.1 off 20 20 attempts. So that's pretty good. Um, 18.1 points isn't the blow away you'd want from your RB1. And Alvin Kamara was often producing 25 to 30 last year. But this week, seven against the Panthers. And the Panthers just pummeled New Orleans into the ground. This gen- just genuinely amazed me. I did not see it coming. Um, but, yeah, and Alvin Kamara just massively let down all of his fantasy owners, I think. What do yeah. you guys think? Seven points for Alvin Kamara is a bit of a punch in the groin, I think. Yeah, it is a bit. I mean, pa- Panthers' defense looks very different from what they were last year. They look very strong. They're kind of the Dolphins of last year, turned it around on defense and look particularly good um but yeah seven seven points from kamara who seemed a little bit risky with this new qb i don't think it's going to continue but it's certainly a little bit of a worry moving forward yeah i think last season might have just been a bit of a perfect storm really for Alvin kamara drew Brees was in his last year you know he didn't you haven't got the arm he once had especially throwing deep so you know, when you've got Alvin Kamara, one of the best pass-catching backs, it seemed to be his go-to. I mean, he was averaging something like seven and a half targets a game last season. That's just ludicrous. For And I yeah. think that Winston's got an arm on him, and why not use it? You know, he's got he's got some a decent set of receivers to throw to. I think that that's what they're doing. They're just saying, well, we don't need to throw to Kamara like we did last season, so let's throw somewhere else. I, th- I think that's a very fair point until Jameis Winston starts throwing interceptions like he did two years ago. And that's what he did in this game. I think he threw three interceptions and he still wasn't targeting Kamara with the ball. And I think that was just a bit weird from the offense. They were missing three offensive coaches, one of which was the running back coach um, due to COVID. So I don't know if that was a factor, but it was just a really weird one, to be honest. I'm not trading him away or anything stupid. He's still going to be massive in this offense. He's still the best skilled player on that offense. So um, expect to see him come back strong. But this week, massive letdown. I think hopefully he'll pick up, but we'll just have to see. Um, So 
on to the waivers for the week. Um, who we're going to pick up in our leagues this week and hopefully going to play, hopefully have an impact for the rest of the season. Um, the first guy I've gone for, rostered in 54% of leagues. So if you haven't got him in your league already, someone hasn't grabbed him and 46%, get him as quick as you can because it looks like Tony Pollard running back for the Dallas Cowboys is going to have a role this year alongside Zeke. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not the one running back party that, we saw with Zeke for the last several years. They clearly have seen last year and gone, no, I can't trust you to to do it all. You, you're not doing the job. We're going to have to lean on Pollard a bit. Yeah, well, he just gave too many fumbles away last year, Zeke. So they're, they're probably not trusting him. Um, and yeah, Pollard does look a really, really good pickup. Um, he seems to get more of these red zone um, plays. Yeah, he does. He just he does seem to just get a lot of the ball in the areas that you just you as a fantasy player two years ago you'd just be looking at Zeke and thinking there's a touchdown there, and now they're not even giving it to him. They're giving it to Pollard. I'm yeah. also thinking that. I think the whole and this is probably a bit, uh, quite taking quite a lot from one player but I think the whole dynamic in fantasy is, is beginning to shift for running backs because they're not the only team that started to use two uh, the Lions have obviously been using two backs in the first game uh, Atlanta Falcons have used two backs in the last game um, and obviously teams that already did it Tampa, Washington, uh, Cleveland so I think it's actually becoming quite a useful way of playing because you can see the way that teams can use different skill sets like the Ravens did against the Chiefs to actually win big games rather than thinking oh it's because everyone's a bit crap so let's you know just let them all have a go and see what happens it's actually more like okay Zeke's got this skill set but Pollard's got this skill set let's try and use them both so I think actually there's I think the depth that running back is going to be increased and someone like Pollard's a brilliant pickup I think if, if he's not rostered if you and you've got any sort of running back issues I think he'll be a perfectly fine sort of 10 to 15 points most weeks yeah I think he's a safe he's a safe running back option who else you got then Alex I know there's a there's an Arizona guy on our list who you fancy uh yeah Rondale Moore obviously I wasn't on the podcast last week when you spoke about Christian Kirk and I think that all the receivers in Arizona are, are good options. But Rondell Moore's sort of taken on the role that Christian Kirk had last year. And he had a pretty good year where he can kind of do a bit of everything. He was getting some deep targets. He was getting some of those shorter routes. He was, he's just so, he just looks so good. He's strong. He's got a good pair of hands. And I think that uh, Kyler is clearly throwing, I mean, James Conner's a, a non-entity from what I've seen so far. I think that we Arizona are turning into one of the big throwing offences and I think any of their receivers are going to be great options. And they've got the Jags this week. So who doesn't want to play a player playing the Jags? Because um, Trevor Lawrence will throw the ball back to you um, if you ask him for, ask him to. So um, we'll get lots and lots of, of action. And I think, yeah, I think Rondell Moore is, is a really good player. Um, and my other one was, God, I can't pronounce his first name, but Patterson, who I mentioned, obviously Atlanta looked like they might be using two running backs this this season, and um, yeah, they've got the Giants, so that can, anything can happen in a game like that. So yeah, I think both of them would be good pickups, especially this week, and maybe even as holds moving forwards. Yeah, good picks. Um, there's another one on this list, Zach Pascal, who I quite like, um, especially because he's only in 13% of leagues, which does surprise me because I think he was semi-known before the season. You know, some of these players are coming through. Like Tony Pollard was obviously known, but 
he isn't getting drafted in a whole load of leagues. Rondell Moore, definitely not. And Cordero Patterson, definitely not as well. Pascal, I think, was semi-known and will have been drafted in some leagues. Um, and then he's just been targeted loads. Like, much more than you would expect in the draft. Uh, so for only 13% to have him, that's a bit shocking. So if, if you're in maybe a bit of a deeper league and you're weak on wide receivers, uh, he's definitely a good pickup. I think you play the matchups with Pascal um, and you definitely just have to watch out because at some point T.Y. Hilton will come back and presume, presumably get a couple of the catches. Um, but yeah, for now, Zach Pascal, I don't know who they've got coming up in the next couple of weeks, but if they've got a decent matchup, throw him in because for some reason Carson Wentz looks reasonable. Yeah. Who, who saw it coming? Carson Wentz being an effective player. I guess the Eagles did three, yeah. three years ago. <laughs> Yeah. And Dave put someone I'm quite high on, uh, a QB that I was singing the praises of in, in our preseason, even there against you two who both uh, slagged him off a bit, but Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. So he's been doing pretty well. Like he started with 22 points and now he's got another 25 points. Um, it's quite a high scoring offence. Um, and yeah, he's, he's seeming to fire. And. He's only rostered on 40%. So if he's not there, um, like if he's not already been picked up and you have quarterback problem, he's the probably probably the one to go for. Yeah, we've seen yeah. a bit of a mess with some QBs. Tannehill and Ryan have both been a bit all over the shop so far. So I think if you just want someone really safe that you don't have to worry about and you can play in pretty much every match, I actually don't think Kirk Cousins is too bad to pick up, especially in the deeper leagues. No, I think he's alright and he's he's coming up against the Seahawks next week, who I know Alex has has noted in his matchups of the week. Who else you got, Alex? Um so in in the sort of matchups of the weeks, I see I said like I said, Seahawks, Vikings. Um there's lots of obvious choices, you know, whoever's playing the Texans, whoever's playing the Jags, but that's really boring. Um so I, this is gonna be a game for the receivers on both ends. Both of these defences are two of the worst defences against the throw you'll ever see. Um, I mean, just last se- like last season, they were sort of... Uh, Seahawks conceded the second most yards. They were first for receptions against, first for attempts against. So it's clear that teams know that throwing against them is the way forwards. Because um, their run defence is all right. Um, and then also in Minnesota were fifth for yards per attempt conceded. And they conceded the most 40-yard uh, catches last season. So I think that with four really good quality receivers, you know, Metcalf, uh, Lockett, Justin Jefferson and Thielen, I think that all four of them are probably wide receiver ones or at least top-end wide receiver twos this week. And I think it's going to be a chaotic, high-scoring game, uh, a bit like the Titans game, but hopefully a bit more leaning towards um, Metcalf and Jefferson, who have obviously struggled so far. The the other thing in that game is both teams are capable of going out strong, like coming out strong first quarter, and that forces the team they're playing to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So that's just another point for the wide receivers. Yeah, and I think both QBs will have good days because, especially Russ, um, Vikings were something like fourth least sacks last season. So I think obviously for Russ that's ideal because he loves to get sacked, and. Um, being against a defence that will hopefully be kept away from him because actually I thought um, the O-line for the Seahawks was quite good at times uh, for the Titans for once 
Um, I think that it could be a really good game, and and then one of the sometimes you look at targeting the easy games, like I said, the Texans. But actually, sometimes these games where both teams are good are just shown this week are just gonna be chaotic, and there's gonna be loads of points for everybody. A bit like Dallas Tampa first game. Yeah, it's not the most ideal game to free the side, but they're just chaotic because everyone's going for it, and neither team play amazingly, but loads of points are scored from a fantasy context. I think it'll be a really good game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's good. I mean, one thing to note is that Daniil Hunter is back, so I don't don't know whether that had an impact last year on the Vikings and their pass rush. Um, but yeah, I think Seahawks this year look very, very good, um, and they always tend to look very good, particularly with the pass um, early on in the year and against the Vikings, they should do well. Um, yeah. yeah, I would anticipate this last game was a slip up the Seahawks outplayed Tennessee Titans for 75% of that game to 80% of the game and um for a lot of it I just stopped watching and watched another game because I just sort of written it off as a win and they did throw it away it was a slip up it was a mistake but it's a long season I I can see us coming back and and going on a nice streak now and just sort of seeing ourselves into the playoffs hopefully because I think we do look really good actually I think the one thing we missed last year was the O-line and um, they seem to be stepping up which which again helps the wide receivers yeah the other game I had was from another sorry that was a throwing game and this is a running game for your running backs uh, charges against the, the Chiefs it's not really a game that you'd think to target but these have been the two worst teams against the run so far this season I know it's only two games in but in American football, I think you can take smaller samples a bit more seriously because obviously it's a long period of time. There's a lot of carries going on. So some of these like yards per carry averages are actually quite reliable, even over short periods of time. And they've both conceded the most yards per carry and they've both got pretty talented running backs. One who's done pretty well so far, one that, in my opinion, has done very badly so far. Um, yeah, and I think the Ravens a win. <laughs> I think it's a make or break game for... Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think you could easily drop him. If he flops this game. For who though? Um, I mean, as in sorry, I didn't mean to say drop him, trade him. I, I would I'd just trade him away. Uh, I'd even take someone there's loads of good options that Oh sorry, you mean in a fantasy context. Oh not yeah. Not in an no. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend that Kansas I mean uh, they've got McKinnon, he's a quality running back. Yeah, Jet McKinnon had a couple of receptions and um, yesterday he looked alright. Yeah, I'd, I'd be trading him away. Um, even if you're looking at players whose stock is a little lower, you can kind of tempt people who are worried about not having quality running backs. And I think there are some options in the sort of you know, that some people would go for, even in the sort of a pair trade. Um, that Mike Davis is an option. I think that quite a lot of people would take that trade if you offered them uh Edward Hilaire and you got Davis I think a lot of people would take that and I would go for it because I think it's a bit of a mess and I don't I can't see the Chiefs giving him much of a chance to to have the ball if he's just gonna just gonna mess it up but anyway this matchup yeah I think the backs will do well and I think it could be another high scorer as we've seen so far I think we're going to get a lot of these games where both teams are just going at each other and both teams are scoring loads of fantasy points so yeah those are the two games I go for. Yeah, I think it's good for both QBs in that one as well. Both QBs are sensible and moving quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks that will rush if they need to. And those dynamic quarterbacks are going to... It's going to be a really good game, actually, that. I, I see the Chiefs coming out happily on top. 
Um, but I think for two or three quarters, it could be a real good game. The fourth quarter might just be a blowout and a bit dull, but I think it could be a corker. Yeah, I think when you're talking about CEH, I wouldn't... That's just our dog groaning. Um, when you talk about CEH, I think it's not a matter of trading him away or dropping him. I think it's a matter of being more realistic about what he can give you week to week. I think Andy Reid is always going to run the ball. And when he's such a clear running back one with the Chiefs, he is going to be productive. But he's not, you know, he wasn't last year and he's not going to be this year that amazing and get that many points. I mean, he's he's a good running back to fringe running back to flex option. And if you use him there and you've got someone else to fill that running back to role, then he'll be all right. But, you know, just don't expect too much from him. Yeah, you've got to remember where these players are being drafted. Yeah, I just think Edward Hilaire could have easily been drafted sort of second round. In some leagues that were going a bit mad on running backs, 10, 12-man leagues that kind of didn't go for many receivers. He could have easily... And if you got him in the second or third round, I mean, I would be worried now. I think that it's a, it's, it is a long season, but it is also a short season in other ways because there is only... 16 games per team um, with the breaking for one week and I think if you've got some with a stock that's going to keep going down and down and down and down eventually he could have a season like this and he's like you would get Tony Pollard for him as ridiculous as that might sound whereas now you could use him as a and I think you've got to jump off those players and I think there's a worry for a few players but like you said you've got to give him a little bit of time let him face some slightly easier teams because I don't think those first two games were that easy um, for him but I think the Chargers should be a game where he can hopefully break out and show that he's actually good enough to keep on your team we will uh, we'll see yeah I'm, um, I'm looking forward to this next section because I've already had abuse from Alex um, on the text my rogue pick for the week rogue being the operative word it's a rogue pick and if you've got a QB who's looking dodgy and you want to throw someone out there and it looks like you're going to win your week and you want to have a bit of fun start Daniel Jones why not he's up against Atlanta he's been running the ball a fair bit he's running for a couple of touchdowns I think he looks he looks all right I think he could solid he could get points and if they end up having you know one of these you know offense versus offense really you know gunslingers going for it and having to throw the ball and having to move on his feet and he gets he gets a rushing touchdown why not he's going to be looking at 25 30 points you're right adam that is your rogue pick of the week i just he i said to adam and it was slightly joking he could genuinely get negative points he's genuinely capable of getting negative points and there's not many players you can look at and say he could get negative points. daniel jones could he could fumble it four or five times in a game. He could throw three or four interceptions and he could he get could, he could rush less than 100 down. yards. He could do that. But would you think about the amount of, you know, unless you're in like a 50-man league, you know, there are, I'd be playing, I don't think there is a QB. A 50-man league <laughs> in, in which there are 18 teams with no quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I genuinely cannot think of a quarterback who Alex. I would, Play under him. Backup quarterbacks. <laughs> there is actually not a single starting QB who I wouldn't, who I would put underneath him. Not a single one. And that Rod Taylor. No, he did right. We won. Didn't Zach Wilson throw about four or five picks? Well, maybe he's just Daniel Jones Junior. Dalton. 
No, I just, I'm sorry, but I just think, no, I get what Adam means. It is a good, it could be a matchup that he'll go mad on, but he is capable of doing some unbelievably awful things. And I'd just be, I think I would, my heart would be able to take it. Just I'm going to do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Play him. Who have you got a quarterback at the moment? You'll play Dave that you win. <laughs> you got a big win next week. Just i got Justin Herbert at quarterback at the moment who we've just said is going to have a big game against the Chiefs. <laughs> Matt, compared to Daniel Jones. Play Daniel Jones. Pick him uh, up and play. I think I'm probably going to stick. Actually, maybe Matt Ryan. So the guy who's actually playing, that that could be the worst QB game in the history of the NFL, couldn't it? Matt Ryan in the form he's in and Daniel Jones being Daniel Jones could be the worst QB game of all time. Odds on... Jones might get an MVP this year. Odds on less than five receptions. In the entire game, <laughs> I'm looking forward to Mike Davis in that game. Yeah, no, it should be a good game, and I think it's Barkley's big game as well. Um, yeah, because he's struggled so far, and he's against a wet paper defense. All right, moving swiftly on, let's try and solve some conundrums for some people listening. Um, we're going to go through some start or bench candidates. I want a quick fire answer: you starting or benching them? We'll start off with another rogue quarterback. Could you start Justin Fields against Cleveland, providing Dalton's out? We need to hear more on Dalton. But if Dalton's out, do you start Fields against Cleveland? Okay, so if we're are we saying quick if fire? Dalton, Come on, what are you uh, doing? Start if Dalton's out. Yes. Bench. Bench. Yeah. Yeah. The the only problem is it has come back literally tonight when we're recording on on Monday. Don't ruin my start bench, um, please. Sorry, but it has come out that that Dalton hasn't torn his ACL yeah. right so he's definitely starting anyone who doesn't turn the ACL always starts they have said <laughs> starting also, also that was my yes. next sentence oh, no I think he's a tough play too risky if he doesn't if he doesn't if he if Dalton somehow doesn't start like he just the injury carries on to niggle and there's no point to play I would honestly I'd start Justin Fields I think he's been really good from what I've seen of him he looks in three quarters yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He didn't have an amazing game. Like he wasn't on fire when he came on. He he just looks. He didn't um, get many fantasy points either. Yeah. He looks sharp. Um, once he's decided on his feet, he looks sharp on his feet. That's what he looks like. He's got a lot to learn with his offense, and obviously it's the first season of the NFL, and very few players explode onto the scene at at quarterback. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, I think I'd start him above. 50-60% 50-60% of other quarterbacks in the league definitely Daniel fucking Jones <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to have an, an, a massive week and I'm going to be sat here next week laughing at all of you alright this will come back you can laugh at us or we can more realistically show you Daniel Stone's statistics I mean if you if you want to start Justin Fields when he got 3.5 points last week then fair enough moving on um, Robbie Anderson versus the Texans start bench Bench. Even though I won't be starting him. <laughs> Come on, Alex. Why are you going to start him? Well, I think you've got to think realistically that you're gonna if you're in a league like a ten man or a twelve man league and you've not got great wide receiver depth. Um, Texans are the, are the worst team against the throw, um, pretty much, and uh, they're consistently not great. And I think they're going to be even worse with no QB. I think. They're probably not going to have much of the ball. And I think that it's looked good. Robbie Anderson's looked quite good so far. He's had double digits in both weeks. Um, yeah, no, I'd start him. I, I just think he's got two wide receivers ahead of him 
in DJ Moore and then Christian McCaffrey. So a bit of a cheeky one there. But um, because on on the downs that they do need to throw, that they do need to throw, like third and long, Christian McCaffrey is lining up as as a wide out. Like it happens often. It happens like almost once a drive where Christian McCaffrey is lining up as a as a wide receiver and in that role he'll will get targeted more um than Anderson. I, and I just think that he's he is he's a really good player, but I just don't think he's gonna get targeted very much. Go on, Dave, why are you bench? Just him? doesn't look like he's like taken off this year as much as he did last year. Like he had a really good last season last year. And I mean, yeah, he got targeted a bit more last game, but yeah, as Sam said, I think there's a couple certainly one more player that uh DJ Moore that will get targeted a bit more than him. Uh, sorry, I haven't watched Carolina this year. I know we did this bit strange. Has anyone watched them play yet? Yeah, I've got CMC, so I've watched pretty much what, every. What sort of routes is, or what sort of is Robbie Anderson actually doing? I haven't Just, watched any of them. No, genuinely, they they made a comment on it, um, and I cannot remember which the wide receiver is. The wide receiver that's that you would say before the season is behind DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Who is that? Anyone? Curtis Samuel's gone to Washington. He's gone to Washington. So, so it's someone, the other one. <laughs> someone, the third wide receiver for Carolina, they, they were talking, they were saying that he's just got way more um, targets than, than Anderson. They said, like, they, they've commented on it in two games that they're surprised how, how little he's being targeted. So, yeah, he's, he's not being targeted. And obviously their offense revolves around CMC as well. But yeah. All right. Mike Williams against the Chiefs. Start. Uh, yeah. Ben. Yeah, why not? Start. I have him as well. Um, bench. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's yeah. tough, though. I, I, I wouldn't touch Mike Williams this week. I love him. Um, he Since I started watching the NFL, I've really enjoyed watching him play, and I always want him in fantasy, but he's never quite fantasy productive. Um, makes some incredible catches. A great player to watch. But I can see with the obvious weaknesses that the Chiefs had in the first two games and the Chargers having um, Austin Eckler, I can see them running the ball a hell of a lot. And I think I, I don't. I just can't see Mike Williams. I mean, if he gets if he gets a touchdown, maybe he's reasonably productive. But that's the only way I can see it. You know, he's he might get a cut. You know, I'm look. I'm thinking three or four receptions off like six targets for 40 something yards at a ceiling I think he's going to have a big year though I like to I, say, I think he's going to have a massive massive year this is just a hard week I, I, I disagree I think the Chiefs I think he can, he can make some, some good catches here I think he has shown that he's going to get targets and for a wide receiver like that let's be honest he's a low wide receiver two or a flex that's why we're looking at starting these players that we're talking about um, so I think he does a job there definitely with the number of targets he gets he, look I don't I think his ceiling is like like quite lowered in this game I completely agree because they aren't going to be able to be as free-flowing passing the ball we've just said it's going to be a running game and maybe quite good for mobile quarterbacks it's not going to be great for wide receivers but with targets he can get that 12 to 18 points you expect from you, you would that would make a good wide receiver two or flex so i personally start him for that reason mm, also yeah. just going back on anderson sorry dave um brandon zilstra 
is the player that came in for the last game for Carolina Panthers, and he got 13.5 points with a receptive TD. But yeah, carry on, Dave. Um, and uh, just on uh, Mike Williams, some of the passes that Herbert was throwing, like the long passes down to Mike Williams, I think if he gets one or two of them, um, he could still get sort of 14, 15, 16 points. And that is still pretty decent for a flex. Yeah, that's job done there, isn't it? Yeah, but I, th- I just think that's not likely. I don't think that's likely. I don't think that's likely against the Chiefs who have a very good secondary. And I don't think that's their game plan. Of course, you know, you can talk about loads of players in the NFL who are explosive um, wide receivers who are going to run deep routes and they might hit. You know, if he gets a 60-yard touchdown, yes, he's a good choice. But is that likely? I, I think I think so. Anyway, it's quick fire. This has not been quick yeah, fire. this has been <laughs> far from quick fire. Um, CH against the Chargers. We spoke about him a lot. Start. Start. Bench. Yeah, I, I'm siding with you, Dave. Why are you benching him? Um, he doesn't. He doesn't know. Is it because <laughs> it feels like his career peaked in his first ever game when he sat down a Houston Texan yeah, to go over? That's for, true. Can you stop playing with that golf ball, please? It's down. not good for the audio. <laughs> down. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he's started very well this season, um, and I think there's. There's some better running backs before he gets his feet this season that you could play, um, even though it's against the Chargers, which is, is a very good matchup. He just feels like that player who you're gonna you're gonna bench him that game where he scores thirty points. Uh, that sounds really stupid, but he I just don't feels he'll get thirty points at all this year ever. He just feels too good to bench. He just feels like no one has drafted him lower than the fifth round you just I think I think benching him especially in a matchup that's relatively okay is just a bit insane and who are you going to play Tony Pollard yeah why not for, for me he's, he's a start because I think his skill ability is there and they're playing a defence which isn't very good against the run and it's week three like you drafted him for a reason if you're going to if, you, if you're going to draft him at least trust him in week three against a bad run defence mm. yeah Maybe. Maybe. Anyway, let's move on to the stock up or down. A couple of players who, through two weeks, we might feel differently about. First on the list, Lamar Jackson. Had a good day yesterday. Do we think he's gone up in our in our rankings, or is he going down? It's difficult to say after a week like that that he's going down but from what I've seen of that game his stock is going to go up in most leagues from what I've seen from that game his stock goes down for me personally because interesting because he was against a team notoriously bad at running and all of his points came from rushing touchdowns and his throwing was actually pretty abysmal I don't think it was abysmal watching the game it didn't look abysmal he gave he gave to two interceptions yeah that was weird that That was weird that was all within the first 10 minutes of the game though no that was it was fourth quarter as well gave one away in the fourth quarter I'd like to to say Sammy Watkins fault for that first one that was what was he doing he He just decided he's like yeah he fell over and it was a bit of a mess but no I I know what Sam means I don't think his throwing was I watched the first half and his throwing was a bit oh okay what's going on here like his if you've got Lamar Jackson 
don't trade him away before his stock goes down. That would be stupid. And I think generally people are more excited about him. But I just think that his his arm wasn't particularly fantastic and it was against a team that are bad against the rush. So Lamar's always going to do well. As soon as Lamar comes against like Tampa or a team that's going to force you to throw out the pocket, like you might genuinely want to bench him for a different quarterback. But anyway, what do you guys think stock-wise for him? Yeah, um, I mean, certainly on the on the run base, uh, it it was pretty good. Um, yeah, a little bit worrying, sort of just how erratic he was. Um, but I mean, I've got him, and I'm still going to keep the faith. So because it's just exciting. I think it's a tough one because I think we all knew this was the case. If you're talking general stock, everyone's general opinion, I think his stock goes up. Because I think the general opinion before the season was he can't really throw the ball. We all know that. He's more or less a running back, but he struggled last season even to do that at times. And he had Dobbins and he had uh, Gus Edwards as great options. I think that in people's general opinion, his stock has gone up massively. Because I think a lot of people would have had him like RB, RB? <laughs> QB six or seven before the season I think he's definitely top five top top four or five now um he proves that he can he can really run the ball and I don't think it's a like with some QBs a bit of a flute when they get a rushing touchdown Lamar's going to get probably get one most games um so I think he, he remains a good option yeah what do we think of AJ Brown this year he's one who's certainly not you know burst out the blocks um obviously I think his stock is going down but how severe and how rash do you think people need to be with OJ? Get rid. Really? Yeah, get rid. A lot of people would have had him top six or seven wide receivers, and at the minute he can't catch a cold. I mean, against Seahawks, he was so bad. I watched I watched most of that game sort of in the corner of my eye, and what did he, 33% of his, of his targets he caught? Yeah, no, I'd yeah, be trading him. If you, you get really anyone have... semi-good, if you can get Keenan Allen for him, which I think would be a pretty reasonable trade, do it now. Because I think that Julio Jones is being used a lot more than Adam, the Julio Jones hater, thought he would be. And I think he's... What, what about a running really back productive. for him? What about a oh. running back for him? What sort yeah. of running back? Um, uh, Mike Davis, or are you looking more like a DeAndre Swift? No, I'd need a bit more than... I'd need a bit more than Mike Davis or DeAndre Swift for him. Maybe like an Antonio Gibson or Jonathan Taylor, who are both, especially Jonathan Taylor, who struggled a bit so far. I can see him being more reliable and more productive because he's the only option in the offense, whereas AJ's not the only option in the offense anymore. And I think he's going to continue to struggle in the short term. And I don't think he's worth holding on to when his capital is massive. And obviously, Dave, you own Julio and he's he's done he did really well for you. I. Yeah, I would argue that a Mike Davis or a um, DeAndre Swift at the minute is a fair trade, but I would also say I'd keep holding. Like, I wouldn't do that trade because I would keep holding trust a bit for that. But yeah, what what was that, Dave? Yeah, well, um, he's got the Colts next, which is quite a nice nice game. Um, See how that that goes. Um, And then... I'll probably evaluate after that. Um, still starting, though. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. Um, same team. Sticking with Tennessee. Derek Henry. 
up up a long way <laughs> I mean particularly after week one but I don't know is, is he going to be the same Derek Henry as it was a couple of years ago he had a very good week two but week one was a different story better but I'll let you guys say if you think the stock's up or down first. Right. I would like to say, after all the abuse I've given Derek Henry, he was really good at catching the ball in that game. I know he didn't get that many targets. I know he didn't get that many targets, but he actually did really well, I thought, from what I saw. Yeah, but frying pan hands, no. He, he, he's, no he's, uh, if his stock could go up anymore, it has. And I kind of agree with Sam. I think he's going to replicate it at least last season and even the season before, I think he can replicate it. I think he's more than capable. And I think Tannehill has proved he can't throw the ball, so why not give it to Derrick Henry? Mm. Yeah, and especially like late on in games, he just seems to get sort of 15, 20 points in a when round a is, When a defence is tired, he just makes yeah. it look like wet paper, doesn't he? Yeah, it was unbelievable. So yeah. The, the, reason, the reason I think he can do better than seasons before is the fact that he's being targeted and catching the ball. Seasons before, he's just run, and he's run really well, and he's got silly numbers, and he's got silly points. But this year, especially in that game, he ran, he ran really well. He got silly numbers, he got silly points, and he caught well. And he got the ball in, his, in those deep frying pans of his. He did. He got this ball. I think we're looking more at woks nowadays. Woks. Yes, <laughs> Henry. He's taking the oil off them frying pans, and he's he's using them well. When they're non non stick, there that's gone, and he's he's, he's got that, that catchable ability now. Cast iron, cast iron pans from Derek Henry. Well, we all know it's the gloves anyway. So yeah, it's all the gloves. He's just got better gloves. Um, <laughs> now I think you know. Obviously, this guy um, who's up last on our stock up or down list um, is definitely stock up. But I think you know we haven't mentioned him probably for the entirety of the pod. But the Gronk, how good does he look in the first two weeks? He just looked so open in that game yesterday, like. There was one where um, I think Antonio Brown was targeted, but Gronk was just free in the end zone. And then the play later, he was just free again, and Brady was just like, ah, might as well use him. And he's just, he's he's looking like the old Gronk again. He's, he's so good. Yeah, I think I said to you, didn't I, Adam, we were sat down watching the games and Gronk caught that touchdown pass. And I went, oh, shit, Gronk's a genuine option. Yeah, shit, we're going to actually have to mention him on the pod at some point. Yeah. It just feels like someone that can take a year out of football, get drunk and have beach parties, <laughs> to then be able to just come back in and be in a, an elite tight end again is, um, well, it's just very impressive, isn't it? That's not why. Yeah. Last season felt like a warm-up, didn't it? I think it felt like a warm-up for Tampa in general because they obviously they won the Super Bowl, so that sounds absolutely ludicrous. But it was a Good bit of the, the normal season, you know, the main season bit of a warm-up. Playoffs was the, wow, look how good we are. I mean, that pass-catching offense, and that's four of the best pairs of hands. and You could probably put them as four of the top 40 pairs of hands in the league. Mike Evans, Godwin, Brown and... And Gronk, he's so yeah. I think he's a great option. Think about all those awful tight ends you were banging on about, Sam, towards the bottom end of that top ten, like Tonyan, Goddard. Are you really going to pick them above Gronk now? I don't think so. He's he's a top he's a top eight tight end now already because his hands are so good. And he's even if he gets just a handful of targets, it's enough points to warrant playing over the likes of um, of Goddard and, and and those people like that. I think at times he's had that look 
of, and he's just never going to get the same targets with these two players. But he's had that look of Darren Waller and um, Kelsey, where they're just throwing the ball, and he t- looks huge, looks awkward, turns around, and is just muscling themselves down the field. Um, and he's had that look, and the only reason that puts him down from them, and I think this puts him down from quite a few other tight ends as well, is the ta- is the targets because the, they've got you know three elite wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. I think that just about concludes us for this week. Um, thanks very much for joining me, boys. Um, best of luck to all the listeners in week three, and remember, Lamar Jackson is a running back. We'll see you next week.